You've eaten Gotham's wealth, its spirit, but your feast is nearly over. This is not my hole. It's an operating table. And I'm the surgeon. Why aren't you laughing? From this moment on, none of you are safe. Welcome to the Batman Book Club, a podcast that explores the Dark Knight Library. I am your host, Ryan Lauer. Follow the Batman Book Club on Twitter at TheBatmanBC for upcoming episodes, new episodes, and giveaways, uh, much like these three Jokers madness that's been going all over. Uh, there's going to be another one coming up, so uh, pay attention to that. You can write into the Batman Book Club for questions or comments, concerns, go to Eric Holzman at TheBatmanBC at gmail.com. The Batman Book Club is also a proud member of the Batman the Bat Pod, Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. There, I got that out. And lastly, if you would ever be so kind, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. The link to the rate and review site is in the description of this episode. And in more reviews helps spread the word, and the word is panic. Now we're continuing on this spooky season, this celebration of all things Halloween and Batman. Um, two things that go together like Frankenberry and Ryan. I don't know. Uh, Booberry and Ryan. Count Chocula and Ryan. Cereal and Ryan in general. And this for this episode, we're dipping into some horror. Some Batman horror. But I got to bring in the big guns for this. That's right. I got to bring in the vampire of the let's go comic show because he's got some bite to him it's justin kowalski hello justin <laughs> i thought you were gonna call me the van helsing of the, van- of, uh, <laughs> the let's go podcast the- <laughs> <laughs> i was like i want to hunt these vampires you you have you have placed me on on the side of the undead who hunts oh. upon the flesh of humans so that's cool i mean that's good it's good the- People love the monsters, okay? So that's true. I dig them. You've got some. You've got some bite. You got some bite too. And it's. We were just talking about this. Seems People like do say I bite. They're like, man, he bite. <laughs> he bites. He's got some. He's got some good teeth. Uh, we we just did this. It feels like. Yes. Awesome. And we also did it on a Friday. And today it is Friday when we're recording this. That is also awesome. So we have great energy on Fridays. We've established this. I will record every Friday with you. <laughs> oh, bless every you, Friday. Paul. <laughs> Bless your soul. Uh, have you been reading any Batman recently outside of what we're about to talk about? Oh, Lauer. You know, you I know like to ask. I, you, you know I have. <laughs> I feel like it's like from the last time we recorded, <laughs> I said, I've been reading three repeat. Jokers. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think, think I actually opinion? flubbed on, on the, I think on your show, I actually said, I'm not enjoying three Jokers, but I meant War of uh, the Joker War is what I meant. But um, I think if you listen to the show, you'd figure out, oh, he just flubbed. But yeah, uh, Three Jokers, book two, absolutely mm-hmm. loved, read that, mm-hmm. um, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm and I'm reading Detective, uh, you know, Detective 1000. I, you know, I read that. I enjoyed it a lot um, and I'm keeping current on Batman. I'm just not enjoying the Joker war as much as, uh, you know, Three Jokers. That was just a, a fun. It's just a great story. And then the, and Detective 1000 was fun, too. There, I thought there was some really great stories in that book as well. Especially the Brian Michael Bendis story. I really love that. And it gives me hope for him to maybe be on a Batman title. His Superman stuff wasn't great, but if he wanted to do Batman, 
I think um, he would do well. His the Walmart exclusive stuff he did was fun, but it was more of a fun kind of Batman. The story in uh, Detective 1000 was a lot more like it was it was a good Batman and his family story. And I think he did all the voice as well. Anyways, um, Mm -hmm. there's that. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I like to see maybe somebody stumbling upon something I have not seen or read before because I recently stumbled upon something I'd never heard of before or read before called Batman Castle of the Bat. And Ooh. it is phenomenal, phenomenal yeah. Elseworld story that is on DC Universe. I bought the actual version. I just found it in the comic shop. Whoop, whoop, Batman Day. Yeah. And I was just like, this looks cool. I didn't even get to open it. I was just like, sure, why not? I'll try this. And I opened it. And it is a gorgeous looking book painted. Yeah. It's in, takes place in the uh, like 1819 Germany. And it's a take on Frankenstein. It is, uh, I can't recommend it enough. Yeah, Perfect it, for this time of year too. Yeah, it's got that, that Bo Hampton art. I used to have a poster of that. Uh, you know, Batman sitting in really? a chair. Yeah, I used to have yeah. it. Um, um, I almost picked this book in what, like when we were doing this, uh, getting ready mm-hmm. for the Halloween shows. And I was like, I, for some reason, I thought someone had it already. I don't know. And so, I don't know. yeah. Anyways, whatever. It all works out. Anyways, whatever. It does. But wow. that's a great so one. You, oh, man. That's so good. Yeah. You're the only person I know that has read it. Really? And I know that's like, it's not like nobody in the world's ever read it before. It's just in my circle of talking. Nobody's come to me of like, oh, yeah, Castle of the Bat. It's awesome. Oh, it's great. You're like kind of the first person that's read it. So I was just into, have. well, I mean, because I've always been into like, you know, the universal monsters and stuff. And like, yeah, those worlds was just kind of this really cool concept, you know, back in like mm-hmm. the 90s and stuff when this all came out. And it was just like, oh, Batman, Frankenstein. Cool. Batman, Dracula, like, like Batman, the mummy. We need all Batman teaming <laughs> up with all these characters please i mean come on it's it writes itself let's do it yeah but you so it was surprising when i reached out to the batman boys the bat boys (laughs) of like which halloween stories would like would you guys want i felt like each of you were gonna say that you wanted some piece of the haunted night uh pie by love and sale and basically nobody except for those uh rascals on straight out of gotham specifically peter vera (laughs) <laughs> he said he wanted madness and that's it. And everybody else was very surprising in their choices. Um, but it's not I think surprising. We all assumed that everyone <laughs> yeah. was going to pick the haunted night stuff. <laughs> so it's not that yours is unheard of. And of course it makes sense why you chose it. But in case anybody's just hitting play and didn't read the description or name of this episode, what story did you choose? I chose. Uh, The first part of the Batman Dracula trilogy, I picked Batman and Dracula Red Rain. (laughs) That's good. There you go. That's my that's my scary Halloween voice. It may come in here and there (laughs) as we read Uh, as we talk. Written by how do you pronounce Doug's last name? (laughs) As a kid, I don't know how to pronounce stuff. And I used to call him Doug Monek, but it's actually Doug Munch. Munch. Okay. Yeah. Like Munch. Kind of like munch, munch. Mo- like it's like moench, munch, moench. Uh, okay, Doug Munch. Because I think I used to always say mench. Mench. Oh, maybe it is mench. <laughs> I don't. Know. I feel like I've heard people in like uh, audio interviews call it Doug Munch. Maybe it's mench. Doug Munch. I don't know. No, I, Ugh, let's I, just I, call him Doug. <laughs> yeah, Doug M. Doug, Doug M. M. Written by Doug M. One of my favorite by... Batman writers too. 
uh, illustrated by Kelly Jones. Oh my These gosh. two, their run in the 90s. Mwah. I talk about Aparo and our boy Bray Fogle all the time. But this run of uh, Doug M and Kelly Jones is right up there with them as far as like my introduction to Batman. Yeah. Their run. And so when they finally released their collection in hardcover, uh, they have two volumes out. I was drooling and I got it on day one, both both volumes. So I'm like, these are the books that I need because I this team, mm, one of the best in Batman history, I think. Yeah, I they, I agree. I feel like Doug is very much a uh, a writer who is sometimes forgotten when you talk about Batman. Mm hmm. Uh, the story was written in 1991. It's, as you said, it's a trilogy. It, at the beginning, they didn't think it was going to be a trilogy. They thought it was going to be a one and done, but they followed it up with Bloodstorm and Crimson Mist. It's been collected in hardcover, trade paperback, in a Batman Elseworlds Volume 2 collection. And it's also available on DC Universe. So, Justin, which version did you read and prep for this episode? Oh, wow. Yeah, I did not go into the back issue bins. This is where <laughs> DC Universe definitely like I was like, oh, I don't have to go dig through my boxes because I don't have this on the shelf. So I use DC Universe mm-hmm. soon to be DC Infinite. <laughs> DC Infinite. Infinite. DC Infinite. Crisis on DC Infinite. <laughs> so you have you have a previous version. Yeah, yeah. I have like the the original little you know, hardcover thing that came out back in the day. Uh, and I didn't, I didn't get it right when it came out. I think I got it when I was like, Oh gosh, I had to be like 15 or something like that. You know, when I was like, I wouldn't have even looked at this when it came out. I I, I got it a lot later. So. So you got like the, okay. Okay. But it's yeah, hard. I got, I got, I got the little hardcover deal. I see. I want the hardcover. Ugh, I want the hardcover really bad. I know they've got collections. I read it through my Hoopla app, which I keep oh. uh, praising on this show. And it was through the the Elseworlds Volume 2, which is this trilogy. Yeah. And I I like that it's all in one, but I get, I'm get i such a sucker for like original. And I'll always hunt down a hardcover as opposed to a, tr- uh, a trade because I just yeah. I love hardcovers. I like how they sit on my shelf. They look nice. Hashtag yeah, bad I, shelf. There you go. Love it. So to kick this off, when was the first time that you read Red Rain? Um, Red, yeah, Red Rain. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I would have to say I'd have to say I was like fifteen. Back in the day, it was Prime like age. yeah, it was uh, late nineties. The scariest. Yes, this, this is like the scariest. This, it was. It was at the height. It was at the height of like, uh, like vampire, like interview with a vampire, and Bram uh-huh. Stoker's vamp, you know, Dracula, and all that type of stuff was out. And so, like, I, I think that's what kind of spurred it back then. I was very much like a punk rock kid, and you know, I was into you know, oh, <laughs> as let me wear as much black. I was, I was not goth, <laughs> but I definitely was like, <laughs> I'm looking kind of edgy. <laughs> I have like a devil lock haircut, you know. Um, I could so. see, I could see that. <laughs> like, I'm, like, I'm wearing like, a leather jacket. I'm trying. I to got some cool. attitude. Yeah, I attitude. Why is oh, it raining? Cool. It's not raining, man. It feels like it's raining. <laughs> Were you inspired by the crow as well? Oh gosh, <laughs> I have a, one day I'll tell you. I have a really like appropriate crow story. Well, yes. Whenever we have that Batman Crow crossover comment, yes. we'll, we'll dig up that we'll story. We'll talk that one. I embarrassingly 
did not read this book probably until uh, the 2010s. So I was over, you know, like, okay, giving away my age, 33 now, seven, eight. I'm trying to do the math. 24, 20, something like that is when I first read this. I don't know why I held off so long. Maybe because um, availability. I mean, this was pre-DC Universe times. This was <laughs> yeah. before. How did you, you know, read before, books? Yeah, he had to track them down and over like overpay in stores and stuff. But I think that was it. So this rereading for this for this episode, like I remembered nothing, nothing at all. So this was great as it, it was almost because I've only read it that one time, too. So this was kind of like reading it again for the first time. And I will be happy to say that I'm very glad you chose this because yes. I really enjoyed it and enjoyed it so much that I sat and binge read the following two uh, chapters as well. So I read this oh, whole really? 300 page yeah, collection in like two days because it was just like, man, this is just this is way too good. Wow. See, stuff. I haven't read the other two. <laughs> That's the thing. I haven't read them. You're- I know they're parts and I just have never uh like dipped into them and they're actually kind of what I was hoping we'd get more, you know, of the Batman's, you know, characters involved, you know, Joker and Catwoman and stuff. And that's why I want to get like the big collected edition of it in one day, maybe, maybe this month, maybe I will venture out and and get it because I do want to read those stories. It's it's perfect. It's because I know we're talking about red rain here, but they are good follow-ups. So, though the red rain was written as being contained as just a one issue. And then it turned out, Oh, it's so good. We need to do a follow-up. And then that sold so well, we need to do a follow-up. It blends as like a good story from the first to the last issue. So I would highly recommend those two reads as well. Whenever you get the time, I don't see them on DC universe. So that would have to be a a purchase, but wait for DC infinite. Maybe. And they'll be there. I mean, <laughs> you promised us infinitely Jim Lee. more comics, <laughs> infinitely more Dracula and vampires. In it. Yeah. yeah. So Dracula, Red Rain, Batman, yes. Dracula, Red Rain. I think we don't need to, to break through the story. I just think that it's it's a really cool concept and a kind of like one that almost seems a little bit like a no brainer. Kelly Jones initially with the idea when he was proposed to write it, thought it was quote the dumbest thing he ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I love it. But then he read uh, Doug M's proposal and some of the script and stuff. And then he was completely sold and said, this is like, this is taken seriously. This is not yeah. ridiculous. And I think as you make your way through the book, like this, like this is a serious, like this is a creepy ass story. Yeah. It's, I it, love it. it yeah. What the the stuff I really like about it, um, Kelly Jones. First off, he's he's either you love him or you hate him or you don't understand like his artwork. Um, um, but it fits so well with a Dracula story. I really don't feel like mm-hmm. if I was an editor of Batman, I wouldn't put him on a monthly title. I just wouldn't because I feel like he doesn't really fit like your you know every <laughs> you just run of the mill Batman story. But I I enjoy it. You know I loved his run. I love what like what he does. But I I think. Is that the fit for the, you know, the regular guy who's picking up a Batman comic, but for like something like Red Rain? It's inc- yeah, it's incredible. Like, I even feel like suspect that they put him on the Nightfall covers, which I love them. I think they're iconic, but I'm like, man, that was a choice, you know. Um, but uh, the, the the way he 
like illustrates is like it's just it's one of those things it's not typical superhero art you know he's he's really i wouldn't even consider him like a like when i see you say comic book artist i just feel like oh he's an illustrator and he happens to do comics and uh he definitely can do like gothic horror and it it just looks it looks so good my ish yeah oh man yeah i love it love it your your opening statement on Kelly Jones, you hit on a lot of things that I want to touch on. Yeah. So first off, I totally agree. I think he is a, as I will say, a, he's a black label artist in the sense of, like you said, of not monthly. I think make it pull him out for he's the big guns. You know, you want to get some eyes on something special. OK, yeah. bring in Kelly Jones for that art. Secondly, those Nightfall covers terrified me. When I was yeah. <laughs> when I the first the first trade that I received of that when they there the first nightfall trade I received for Christmas and I think at that at that point I was probably like eight uh, wow. maybe seven seven or eight and yeah and yeah. those every every chapter and those covers especially oh the Zaz one oh mm. my gosh as he's coming down with that knife and Batman's big haunted uh, exaggerated cape and stuff like that like. Man, I just loved. I wasn't disappointed when I'd open up the page and it wasn't Kelly Jones because it was Aparo, you know. So yeah. <laughs> I was good, but those were very haunting covers. So in in summary, it's like Jones. I think he just does this great haunted imagery, and I think he does it here it, here too. And definitely, you love him or you hate him. Maybe maybe not hate. You like it or you don't. It's yeah. not really like eh, because he does have this style that is almost like sloppy but it's like an orchestrated kind of sloppy that i think really works and it's very exaggerated in some elements but i think in reading red rain and looking at his art here it's almost like his to me his most detailed yeah you know it's still got kelly jones everywhere all over but i think he's really exaggerated it more as the years have gone on as all artists uh work you know it, it changes through time and it develops through time. I think one of his recent works was that uh, Batman Kings of fear. You compare like that art mm-hmm. to red rain. And I think this is a little bit more, um, yeah, just like detailed and maybe a little bit more intricate for, I feel Jones like he's a little style. rain. He's a little more reined in on rained. <laughs> that. The, the fear. Yeah. <laughs> there is a setting that I could have just done the little snare, but I don't want to <laughs> would love to, but I'm not going to, uh yeah but i think i think part of maybe part of that is the the coloring here too yeah like i think the coloring is done really well i just think that this is a it's a home run book that like i sure i'd be intrigued to see some other artists oh man i get lieber mayo on this but like it's hard kind of to imagine the story without jones because he's such a big but it plays such a big part in the whole story yeah. One of the one of the things, though, I would love to if we're if we're just going to talk about art right now is I kind of wish the coloring was different. I think this story would have been okay. a lot creepier if it was all like black and white with just red tones. Ooh. That's just as you know, as I was rereading it, uh, I was like, oh, you know, it'd been cool just because like um, like they're <laughs> the completely different type of story. But like they, they just did those digital first, like Harley Quinn books, the black, mm-hmm. you know, black, white and red. And it looked yeah. really cool. And I was as I was reading this, I was like, man, sometimes black and white really makes artwork pop. And when you throw in like that third like color, like you can use it, you can go really dark with it. You can go really light. I was like, that could have been really cool. Um, 
but it, it doesn't again doesn't ruin it. I was just thinking of like, ooh, special yeah. edition, the Red Rain edition, if they did it like a recoloring, because you know Brian Ballin recolored uh, Killing Joke, like his his own way of doing uh-huh. it for that hardcover release, and I'm like, ooh, that could be kind of a cool, like I, I don't know DC, like hey packages repackages you know all three of them together like the red like red rain edition or something i don't know like we there's, just come up with, cool. with ideas whenever you're on this episode like, yeah come i'm sorry on, man. <laughs> T- tune in here because we've got ideas right we've here we've got ideas but you get us on as blood yes get us on as associate producers um uh, yeah. I, no, I, I was but, gonna say go ahead i was gonna say, but i was gonna say one thing i do love about Kelly Jones, I love his Batman capes. Like they just—they're uh-huh. so organic. They're like organic, like they're they're actual wings. And much like you know Todd McFarlane's capes, they just go on forever. <laughs> Kelly Jones capes—they—they'll yeah. go short. They'll go Adam West style. They'll go to like a giant like swimming blanket of cape <laughs> hanging off of a building. Mm-hmm. Like there's a scene <laughs> in here later when he's fighting Dracula. Like his cape kind of frames the entire like page, and it's just so cool. It's it's such a cool like look and his ears and just. I love it. It's just cape with gloves, you know, it's almost it's, silly when he has to draw the belt, you know, I'm like, ah, oh, Kelly Jones, you don't need to draw Batman's belt. We don't need Kinda, a belt. Yeah, we don't need a belt. No, I think he this just totally has fun with the concept of a comic book because you go to some of these some of these pages and like him above the city and in, you know, flying and whatever and like the, how large his cape is. And it's like, yeah. This is just having fun because it's a damn comic book, whatever. And it's, uh, yeah, I am with you. It, it looks very good. The, the story itself by our boy, uh, Dougie M. <laughs> Dougie how, M? How did that work for you as far as how just bringing together Batman and Dracula? I, you know, what? I like that, uh, kind of going back to like what there was, you had a quote or something uh, from Kelly Jones saying it was ridiculous. Like the story is approached as like, this is ridiculous. Like even commissioner (laughs) Gordon's like, what are you talking about? You know, everyone's like, you're nuts vampires. And even Batman's trying to work through it. Like he's talking to uh, uh, Ariane and say, you know, are Batman, are are vampires real? He's questioning it because it's very classic horror. The way Batman processes, he's all, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm tired. You know, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm strong. How did I do this? Like, you know, he's like, it's like those classic movies where like, like the person's discovering like all these changes and he's, you know, he's through the monologue. You're like reading his observations of that, his transference of like power, you know, yeah. like what is going on in me? Like questioning it, you know, like everyone's questioning, like vampires are real. This is bananas. And then all of a sudden you just kind of go all the way in. Like once, once like Gordon has his um, experience uh with uh, oh gosh what the heck's her name again why with tanya uh yeah it's like okay we're straight up this you know and that's you know it's that's like i feel like that's more than halfway through the book you know like Mm -hmm. okay we've accepted vampires are real so i i love that um i think what 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 i'm just gonna go mention (laughs) i think what he did was was smart because he took a crazy concept i mean vampires and stuff like i feel like once you read a vampire book you accept okay this is vampires and you're reading a batman story you accept this is batman you put them together it's like oh man these kind of make sense putting them together bats draculas you know Mm -hmm. but uh, there is still like this like ridiculousness to it and i think the way he laid it out for everybody when when you put the characters questioning it i think that's the win like hey we're all questioning this bizarre concept and then 
you made it work. So I really like how he how he made it happen, how he made the world work. It, it's just very I think it's very patient, but never boring yeah. because we start the the book starts out with just a guy on the street. And then, of course, why not? Let's bring in a prostitute. Yeah, and why not? He just and he just he hey, takes kids. her out. So there's like your opening. I mean, it's it's a little grisly. It's a little gnarly yeah. Yeah. and takes her out. Then we get like Bruce is sleeping and there's a spirit there. He doesn't know if he's dreaming or not. And it's like there is like the inciting incident that just unfolds over time. Yeah. And it is like you said, kind of like it's Gordon's almost is you always need a representative of the audience. Gordon's almost us in the sense of like you need to convince me, convince me that this is what we're going to roll with. And then, yeah, like you said, that that incident with Tanya where he shoots her and she's fine. Then he's like, OK, so yeah, now we're he's like, oh, OK, this is real. <laughs> I guess yeah. this is actually happening. And some of the, like elements that that uh, Mensch uses to convince us of the idea is like almost like it's layeredness of, OK, Dracula. So these victims are being murdered and oh, OK, yeah, for us, we know the lore of Dracula. So they're getting bit in the neck and that's how they die. No, they take it one step further. They drain them and then slash the, the throat to cover up the evidence. It's like it's a small detail. But to me, it's like but that covers your basis on story on how yeah. this is such a wild concept for GCPD because they're like, well, people are just slashing throats as opposed yeah, well, to, it, it, to it, holding it, the neck. Yeah, it gives it that extra layer of like detective story, you know, because like in remember in yeah. the beginning, like the mayor is like, Gordon, you got to figure this out and you can't let people freak out, you know, and it's weird because it, it gives it this other like, I actually feel like it's a very kind of like, you know, it, it's very like timely of now, like we have this new black mayor and he's like, I can't have like, you know, people thinking I can't protect the disenfranchised of my city, especially as a black mayor. That's like he's his order to Gordon is get this under control. And Gordon's like, okay, like you want me to, to take care of this. You want a full scale investigation, but you don't want anyone to know about it. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, all right, man, I'll do what I can do. So like Gordon's like already having to like approach this, like these like murders, like, all right, I got to figure this. This is my task. And then later on, figure out, wait, hold on. There's vampires in this and you want me to keep it secret? What? And so I, I just I just love like I love those little like like peppers throughout the story. I actually I actually feel like we didn't get enough Gordon in the story. You know, you get him in the beginning, you get like a little pop of him later on, and then the ending part, you know, when he gets and spoilers, guys, like, you know, once he gets like he's stolen <laughs> from Dracula, it's like <laughs> carrying him through the sky and stuff. So actually at first read this time i I kind of thought that they could have done more with like the mayor's incident because i kind of thought that it was just it was just mentioned and then we like as if it was going to play out as something more appropriate like a a bigger deal and then just kind of left it alone so i was like i don't know that that was really needed but then reflecting on it and then like I didn't read the whole thing over again, but I was browsing through of just like, oh, yeah, this, this, this. And then I was like, no, because that actually, to me, that that helps us not have to force Gordon in. We revisit Gordon again, kind of thinking of like, Mm. okay, that what do you want to call it? That battle he's having, I guess, of like, 
how am I supposed to solve this? This is why it, there's no attention. And Batman even refers to it too, of like, yet again, it, nothing about this is in the news. Like, why is nothing in the news? And it's like, okay, it's relating back to that, to that meeting with the, the mayor. And so to me, that was my, I'm, that was my way of saying like, I'm okay with not having Gordon in this as much. He pops in a lot more in the sequels. So, and, and he doesn't feel forced or, or used too much in those either. So it's like Gordon ends up having his time. I like their focus here is Batman and Dracula directly, I guess, isn't in this a lot, but he, but he's haunting the, you know, he's haunting every page. Yeah. Yeah. And so his effects of his, oh my gosh, his dead bodies that he's bare, uh, dug up out of the grave and his following that's in the sewers and those monsters and stuff. It's like, okay, but that's because of Dracula. And then it's like, you got Tanya in scenes with Bruce and she has a history with Dracula. So it is like, he's involved maybe indirectly a little bit, but it's like, everything is happening because of him. So I didn't feel like, man, the story's called Batman Dracula, but we don't even have any Dracula. It's like it, it worked for me on the usage. Oh yeah, I I I actually don't feel like there wasn't. I don't think there there was a lack of Dracula. You know, I feel mm-hmm. uh, in a story like this, like I think the monster's presence, like you're saying, is what matters. And you feel his presence. You feel Batman wrestling with like this, like oncoming like terror, right? And then when you do see him, I think the payoff is like, oh, there's Dracula. He's flying in the sky, and or he's having his like little, you know, his his you know he's planning and. Um, you know, you get his little, oh, I, I loved his dialogue with Gordon uh, towards the end about like how the blood is infecting the prey and stuff like that. Like, oh my gosh, he's just like <laughs> driving me mad, you know? It, it, oh yeah. I, I don't know. I, I thought that was stuff was perfect, man. I thought, um, I, I can't, admit, I feel like it was fun for him to write this. Like I get to freaking write Dracula. Right. Well, he, yeah. And his pacing for, there's no fat to be trimmed. I don't think. Yeah. Initially, yeah. I would have said maybe that that mayor meeting, but then reflecting on it, like I just said, nope, that works. It works yeah. for me. It helps glue things together. And he his pacing, I just I think I'm very repetitive on this show of constantly talking about pacing. I'm so big on pacing. It's probably like, well, but yeah, because it can but, kill a book, you know? Yeah, exactly. And he in going with Dracula, it's like we don't get this massive confrontation until the end. And you could almost say like, oh, yeah, another story where the big, you know, the big showdowns at the end. It's like, but that's what needs to happen for a story. So we get them teased in an interaction in the sewers and then it and then like a little spurt here. And but then we get that awesome confrontation at the end where, you know, there are two bats, which Batman has wings. Holy crap. Uh, He's like, I am a Batman. (laughs) I am a Batman now. Uh, which was also cool because that's kind of teased in the story about especially Bruce goes and sees a doctor and doctor and he's like, what's wrong with my back? And and but we we don't get any kind of drawings or glimpses of his back. So it's it's just kind of like, what's he talking about? And then we yeah. end up seeing of like, oh, my gosh, he's getting wings. This is ridiculous. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But no, it's cool. It's awesome. yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think it's cool. Very cool. Yeah. Love that. Um, Red Rain itself. Ariane, Ariane, yeah, Miss A, Doctor A. Doctor so, a. I was. Uh, a I thought little... it was Ariane. Ariane. This is weird. <laughs> yeah, that works. 
she do we know her i don't know who the heck she is dude (laughs) i'm like it's it's nothing like no one i've ever seen before okay because we don't always need things explained to us sometimes for me it's just completely like oh did i miss something are we supposed to know her or is this just she's just thrown in here they have a relationship we don't need to see the origin of the relationship so i took it that way unless you were going to say oh yeah she's actually from detective comics 413 (laughs) um okay so she she is a doctor. Uh, she knows lore and legends, and she seems very chill about the fact of there being a vampire. But she explains what Red Rain is. And says, uh-huh. supposedly through an evil alchemy of the blood, producing immortality, exaggerated strength. Since Oh, wait, that was to sunlight and insatiable appetite for blood. I think, is that is that what she says is Red Rain itself? Yeah, or, yeah, it's like it. Well, it it's uh, here's okay. I'm glad you brought this. I love the whole science part of it, of the science part of the of what the red ring does, like the chemicals parts. Like, so she's kind of like, remember, she's like, uh, she's kind of challenging Batman too. You mean assuming vampires are real or that they exist? Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, yeah, assuming that. And she's like, well, I don't know. But here's the proof. You know, the rain, it, it, she said it, the rain gets redder. Yeah. And it's because uh, there's chemicals in the air. And she said that it's an accident of science or accident of alchemy. Um, and then she says, like, it sting. It makes their eyes stings. And, like, that's what makes them evil. She's, like, saying the red rain is what kind of, like, or he, he he's, it, Batman's going, is it makes them evil. And then, uh it's 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 like it it's like trips up like if you're already the vampire it makes you even more matter is what it sounds like Mm. um and so and then she talks about the vegetarian vampires um and and batman's like all criminals are vampires (laughs) (laughs) because they prey on the innocent right um way to bring down the mood batman yeah yeah all right (laughs) like super dramatic bro well the the science um, stuff science was my weakest subject in school Wow, Ryan, you idiot. It's proof. Science is proof. I know. But in her explanation of this, I'm like, okay, this is the big, you know, this is like the track on an album. That's the name of the album. It's like, here's the part you need to pay attention to of explaining why is it called Red Rain, which I didn't know originally this, the title of this was going to be Glory and Scarlet. Really glad oh, they went with Red that. Rain. Dumb name. Glory <laughs> that's, and that's, Scarlet. That's that the dumbest terrible. thing I've ever heard. yeah that's a really terrible name (laughs) maybe that's what set him off the title of what he sent over he's like it's not the batman and dracula concept it's a stupid title i'm just not about it because of the title sounds like a gone with the wind prequel or something (laughs) chemicals chemicals in the air alchemy by accident yeah and so it's the red because the red rain is what kind of drives them a little more crazier is what he's saying. And it, it, but it's, it, it, it's effects of like chemicals and stuff just combining in the air. And that's yeah. what's causing in yeah. the atmosphere. But it's, okay. never, it's, go- it's like the poison of Gotham. The fact that it's happening in Gotham. It, oh, okay. It's like Gotham's already this wretched place. And it's, it's kind of, again, the accident, the accident of the alchemy. <laughs> it's, it's what it makes them crazier. And it, and it connects to what, at the end part where Dracula's talking to, to Gordon, remember he's just like that Gotham is 
becoming this like kind of hub because of it, there's an attraction to it. Like, Oh, there's something about the air mm-hmm. and the rain mixed here, which makes the red rain, which gives them like this, like deeper thirst and okay. it's attractive to them. Cool. But it's also, know, it's but like- he's also <laughs> recognizing it makes me crazier too. Like there's, so it's cool. It, it, it delves into like vampire lore and mythology, but it also like ties into like Gotham is a, is this a hub for nutties? Yeah. <laughs> and so that's, well, that's, that's really cool. Of, I'm glad yeah. you explained that because it is kind of like, right. How can you talk about this book? And you don't know what red rain is. They just explained it. They're, and I'm like, sometimes with, and I think that's why science can be my weakest. It's because I'm like, I literally need to know what this literal thing is. Like, yeah, help but it's break an it down to a kindergarten. It's, 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 it's an accident, yeah. but they make it but sound that, cool. by like, like again, <laughs> like, the way she exp- like she's explaining vampires to Batman and mm-hmm. he's like, mm, this doesn't make any sense. I don't buy any of this. She's like, OK, well, what about this? And what about this? You know, well, I like I mean, how you even how you just like expanded it even of like the that's Gotham, the the nastiness of Gotham. It, like, I don't the relation to that, like that just clicks with me. And I'm like that now that is really cool. And that's going to be even cooler now and revisiting the story and applying that to it. Cause I mean, Alfred even says at one point later on in the book as he's, as he's got water in a glass and he's, mm-hmm. and he throws it down. Cause he's like, Oh, the rain, it's getting redder and it's damaging, like damaging Wayne Manor and the roof, blah, blah, stuff like that. And it's like, oh, okay. So this negative effect of red rain on Gotham, but it's just like, what's the, what's the symbol of the, like the snake eating itself. You know what oh, I mean? Like, it's like the snake eating its tail. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's, it's there's no beginning or ending. It's almost like yeah. that's the cycle with Gotham then of like its actions are causing this red rain, which is coming back down on Gotham, content making them go nutty and more bad actions. And it's just circular motions constantly yeah, and attracting more, more <laughs> chaos. So yeah. Oof. Good stuff. I like the Tanya's inclusion here and how no Bruce, not all criminals are vampires, but the quote, the vegetarian vampires and how Tanya has created her, her own, their own blood mm-hmm. so that they don't have to prey on victims. Yeah, and she's created her concoction. That is, that's interesting. I can't, I've not seen every single vampire movie ever made. So I don't know if that's, happened in any other story probably but it, it's really effective here and i'll tease for you that like tanya and that concept they are revisited later on like outside of red rain so there you go just as oh. if you weren't convinced already and it works i mean it just works why because uh doug m is a genius writer so of course <laughs> dougie m <laughs> dougie m yeah yeah what the the I'm trying to think like the this story, like what what I would recommend to people like who are going to jump into this, especially now. Mm-hmm. I really hey, I really recommend it. But what I would say is please read it at nighttime. Try to set a mood for this because yeah. this, is a, this is a moody book. Like I'm serious. Like like if you can like dim the lights, maybe light a candle because it's a <laughs> creepy, it, it is. It's a creepy, creepy story. Um, So I remember I remember reading it. Um. Gosh, I may have been like, I wasn't married yet. So I had to be early twenties. And I remember rereading it and I played, uh, the Dracula sound. There's like a, there's no score to Dracula, but they released, there was somebody who, uh, they, they had like a, they did a modern like score to Dracula. And I played that. I played, I remember playing it onto my TV while I read 
and it would just kind of created it made it more creepy i don't know so if you find some music to it that does don't play like tim burton batman music like get something a little more orchestral like well not that that's not orchestral but like i would i would find the the dracula like score that was made i think it was made in the early 90s or something like that but check it out i would i would give yourself create a mood for you because it's really cool this is such a cool story man so i'm glad that you said that because i love to listen to music while listening to comics back in the normal times pre-covid that would be my (laughs) commute commute to and from work is reading reading comics but then playing uh, soundtracks or music through ear, like through my earbuds, and it was very calming and soothing. And I like, I like that aspect. There's a the opening theme of the original Dracula, Universal Dracula is a uh, Swan Lake that they just mm-hmm. reused for Dracula. But you should track that one down and play it because it's very orchestral, like you just said. But it's also got a little bit of like a, a darkness to it, and that that freaking track on repeat as you read this would really set that mood and then turn out the lights and put on one candle, you know, no big deal. Read it on an <laughs> iPad because then Maybe you don't need lights. Three. So <laughs> yeah, that's true. <clears throat> I like it. Something uh, about so smelling you, those pages though. I know smelling the floppies. Remember we're trying to get another idea, trying to get that floppy Yankee candle. <laughs> <laughs> the floppy Yankee candle has got to happen. <laughs> got to floppies. Um, do you have like, we've said basically like read this book we'll get to our ending thoughts but let's go ahead and say do you have a favorite part of red rain oh do i have a favorite part of red rain this was as i as i reread it last week um that was kind of like what is gonna be that part ryan always asks like what's your favorite what's one of your favorite like you know panels and pictures and what is your favorite part um i i have to say i i love um I love kind of the fight in the sky with Batman mm-hmm. and Dracula towards the end. Um, to me, that's exciting. I think it actually has a, it's a good payoff. Um, uh, kind of a very, but it also had a very corny, I always call it Adam West, like uh, Batman luck, you know, towards the end. He's like, Oh, there, nature gave me a stake, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, you know, it, 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 the lightning strikes the telephone pole and it creates a stake and, you know, he lands on it and hey, that, that was very convenient, but, um, uh, it was fine. But I, I, I love how in the beginning of the story as Batman's like, he's going through the, it felt like a horror movie. It felt like a very, it felt like an old universal horror movie of Batman, like kind of like Wolfman style. Like what is going on with me? Like Batman's process of like knowing, like almost in denial. Oh shoot. I'm, I'm changing. You know, like this. Mm-hmm. So th- I think my favorite parts are kind of peppered through it because I love kind of the throwback to the 70s, you know, brownstone Batman, you know, like hang out in the middle of the city, you know, while they're like, hey, and they, even in Dark Knight, like, you know, they're in the middle of the city closer to the action. You know, Alfred's yeah. very concerned, like, hey, we we've destroyed the manor. Like, those are the things I love. Like what he did is he tapped into some, uh, you know, monster lore. He's tapping into Batman lore. And he's really crafting a very unique story. And I think those are my those are my favorite things because it again, it it rooted this story into something special. And um, I know it might sound like a, an excuse. I just couldn't find like, oh, that was the best part. I love the monster fight in the sky. But I think I really like the um, the character beats and the like the 
homages to Batman history more than anything, because that's what makes it a good Batman story. Cool. Groovy. Um, I, I there's I'd said that I don't really think there's much fat to be trimmed. I like some of the big moments like you just what you just mentioned. I like some of the smaller moments. But if I got to choose, I'd probably say the sewer, the sewer scene. Because there's a mm. lot that unfolds down there as he enters the sewer, continuing this, you know, detective, uh, de- detectiving, I guess, you know, investigating. <laughs> and then he finds all these monsters, basically. And then we get the introduction of Tanya. And then we get to see Dracula in his full glory. It's like that first confrontation. Uh, I just think all of that is like there's a lot that kind of unfolds in like eight or nine pages. And I think that that's probably my that's probably my favorite part i think that's pretty cool it does have like if we want to get into like favorite panels it does have my favorite panel which i think is page 35 it's just like batman holding a you know a vampire and there's all these other ones crawling at his like you know the undead are crawling at his like feet um (laughs) i love that shot um it's 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 that part you know batman's like they're strong I'm strong, like their strength that, you know, even though he's stronger, he's getting like this, he's having this battle and he's, I've got to fight. And I don't know. There's just such a, such a cool spot. And I think they they was, sorry, go ahead. Finish. There's another image in the book that is, that is similar to that one, I think. And it's where it's, it's, it's when he's fighting Dracula in the sky and there's like a lightning bolt Mm -hmm. and stuff. It's kind of, I mean, it's, there's other pages on there. It's the one where like, uh, Dracula bites him and he's like, it's act- oh, you know what? Actually that, that it's up as I go, there's that part where right when Dracula bites him at the end and he goes in, he actually explains like how it feels. And I'm like, I've never, I've never like have, have heard that type of like explanation of what a vampire bite goes. And he's just like, like the bite is in the rhythm of my, the way my blood pulses. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Like you can almost like imagine what that feels like. And I thought that was such a really good explanation to, to uh, for vampire, like ex- explaining, I guess. I don't know what you want to call it. Like mansplaining. It's vampire explaining. Like he's explaining <laughs> like what it what it feels like to go through the process of a vampire bite. And I found that fascinating because like you're all what like where where have you ever heard that? Like, I don't think I've ever heard it. You just see vampires bite people in films, you know, and you're like, oh, they must be sucking the blood. But the way like he explains it is mm-hmm. really creepy, man. It's such a Descript- creepy, like descriptive, you know, and illustrative, uh, yeah. because I can almost think of, say you have a, mm, let's say like you need to open up a package and there's plastic around it and you're trying to, you're sticking like scissors in and pushing delicately and just keep pushing. And then it finally pokes through and it makes like a pop you know sort of noise something like that so you can then you can rip open the rest of the package but it's almost like that kind of effect is what i get in thinking of it times two because you got two fangs and i'm like something about that description and thinking as something slowly just starts like sharp poking into your skin poking harder harder and then when it does pop and you know that it's made its way through and it's just like (laughs) yeah i want to I want to read that part because I I just pulled it up because it's so it's so good. It's like his fangs are like fire in my flesh. His mouth a foul, wet thing of cruel greed. This is oh, this is so creepy. Working urgently at my throat, sucking to the rhythm of my pulse. 
my vision's dimming, losing it. I got to bite back. <laughs> and then it's like, that's the Adam Westbrook. I've got to bite back. And that's when, the, <laughs> that's when the state comes. But like, that's, that was creepy, dude. To me, I was like, man, you have given me insight to what a vampire bite would feel like. Dang. You know, I'm, I'm sad that I didn't close the curtains and light a candle when you just read that. So, uh, when I release this and I listen to it again, I'll do that for sure. Maybe I'll put <laughs> yes. a disclaimer at the very beginning. Make sure you dim the lights, turn, yeah, like, dim light the lights. up a candle and, and listen to this episode. Uh, very cool. Yeah, that's good. And funny that you, I laughed a little bit and I thought, oh, I, because I almost chose that as my favorite panel. So I'm glad that I didn't. And that you mentioned it because it gets much love because that is like, Oh man, that is a horror scene. Uh, if I've thought of one, like if I've ever seen one before for a Batman story, mine comes a few pages before and when he arrives at Potter's field, the graveyard. Okay. I think that is a very like classic Kelly Jones and how it's very just haunting. And I love, I said to one of my friends a long time ago, I said, I'm a sucker for imagery. And he laughed and he thought that's just kind of a ridiculous statement. And I'm like, I think it makes total sense. And Batman is like, I think that's what attracted to me, attracted me to him. So him to me. Yeah. Attracted him to me. There we go. When I was so little, <laughs> is like, that oh, you know, I am attracted to you. <laughs> I am attracted. The Aparo and Brave Fogel and stuff, because there's so much. And in here, Jones of he he's so like hauntingly cinematic yeah if taken upon by the by the right artist and i think that imagery is just like what sticks to me the most that's my favorite uh him and shadows and such and so if you're thinking of a horror story like a graveyard is a perfect setting so to see him and he's not fully detailed he's playing in shadows in in this in this uh, panel as well. And he's there in a graveyard and behind him is, you know, the trees are bare. So you could argue it's fall and it's, it's got a red background because of red rain. Like I just really, I really like that. Your, your panel is a very action um, action moment. And mine is almost a very quiet low key moment. So I think we've hit both ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Now this, this you you said we could avoid this, but I'm not gonna. Oh, should they make this an animated movie? Granted, disclaimer: they have made a the Batman versus Dracula movie <laughs> yeah. before. They have its kids in style of the 2004 series, and I like that cartoon. I like the series, and I like the movie. I think that it's fun. But a Red Rain animated movie? Do you think? Yes. Yes, Would you like yes, to see that? Yes. If only if they can make it in the in the style of Kelly Jones art, um, you know, like you have to see like I know I said like my favorite panel, but like you have like at the end of the book, there's like a, a, there's a just that picture of Batman kind of like looking at the as, as you know, Dracula is impaled, been impaled and he's gone. You know, you have this really cool image of Batman, uh, his cape shrouded around him. This story only works if you can evoke that look. And I don't know if they can do Kelly Jones artwork and animation i don't know how they would be able to do it they'd really have to find a way to like be the spirit of his art instead of like really capturing um you know his uh, his exact line work that's just it would take seven thousand years probably animate but if you can make the there's always this weird 
elongation of his arms and stuff. That's just his style. And I think it works with like a, like a Batman story as opposed to like, you know, Superman or something like that. I don't know, man. Uh, I would love to see them do it. It just, it can't be the generic, like new 52 style DC universe animated films. Like I just, there's no life to that stuff for me. And those are the ones I haven't enjoyed as much. And so you really, I really liked when they started out and they kind of adapted styles yeah, um, I think that's what works best for me. And I think that now they are at a point uh, at the time of this recording. I haven't seen the new Super Superman animated movie, Man of Tomorrow. And that's the first post, quote unquote, new 52 continuity. And I think that they have the chance now to do one and done's in which experiment with the animation. I've said it before of Hush is so regarded, highly regarded for its art. And when that animated movie, which I like, came out, it was more of the same. And I'm like, man, there's just like, mix it up a little bit. Gotham by Gaslight kind of did, but it still really fit into the animation, I think, of what they'd been doing. To do something like this, I wouldn't want it unless they could go, like they could really stretch themselves in in the style that they'd use for the art make it haunting make it mature how they've done rated art you, you yeah. can't take this book and be like well we got to make sure that uh the kids can watch it it's like no no you don't <laughs> they've got the batman well, versus dracula like that's my big complaint that. <laughs> about these dc films anyways like half of them are not for kids but they throw them in the kids section when you're at target and i'm like yeah you can't put that dark Knight returns in there <laughs> no you, <laughs> you guys just are, don't know what they're doing <laughs> Gotham by Gaslight is rated R. Why oh, is gosh. that in the animation kids section? Like, yeah. come I on. wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't a fan of Gotham by Gaslight. I think they really blew it by not looking oh, like okay. Mike. I think, I think Mike Mignola's art is very adaptable to animation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he has a lot of nice, he, a lot of use of blacks and shadow. He does it well. I think they could have made it happen. I, once, you know, I, I will go against my original thought. Batman Ninja was such a unique visual experience, whether you liked it or not. It looked amazing. The detail and everything that was there looked phenomenal. And I think if they were going to take that approach and and took the patience and and the care and the love, they could do a, a, they could make a Kelly Jones ish, you know, Batman versus Dracula type of story in animation and have it be done well. Um, But yeah, I did not enjoy what they did with Gotham by Gaslight. I love that story. It's more, it was actually, I didn't like the twist. Yeah, there you Got go. You. Okay. But um, yeah, um, let's do this though. <laughs> I, I'll get back to you on the long Halloween. There's a lot of pressure when they do that animated yeah. movie. Because, yeah. Here we go. <laughs> we'll Again. see. Yeah. Cause then I'll be like, you know what? I understand how you feel about Gotham by Gaslight or maybe I'll be like, Oh, this is amazing. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, final thoughts. On Batman, Dracula, Red Rain. Ooh. Um, my final thoughts are, I, I feel like I got more out of it again as I read it uh, last mm-hmm. week. I feel like there was some, uh, a little more understanding of things. Again, like, do I just talk about that whole vampire, like the bite? Like, I think I, I gave myself time to absorb it more. Um, and I think everyone should read it. These Elseworld stories, the first, I feel like the the first couple years of them are the best. Um yeah. I think people were more inspired. Ooh, I get to tell a story. I feel like towards the end of them, it was like, what can we do now for Elseworlds? It was like, ah, uh, like you're kind of the wells, the wells done, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and they weren't really, um, I wish they would come back, uh, but uh, 
I think these early ones are the best. And so final thoughts. I love red rain. I need to, I want to read the rest of the Dracula trilogy. Um, you know, I've heard good things. You're saying there's good things. And mm-hmm. this team is phenomenal. It's different. It's a different inker on the other ones. Yeah. Um, but, but John Beatty worked with them on Batman. So uh, I'm not, I'm not concerned there. So the look is just slightly different with coloring, but nothing. I mean, quality doesn't change. Red Rain's the best of the three. Uh, the other two are very good follow-ups. Uh, this story, it was like reading it for the first time. And I was very pleased, so pleased, in fact, that Justin, while we've been talking, I oh. found and ordered a an original hardcover version of Batman Red Rain. So <laughs> hey, nice. Because I, I don't own it. I think I found it last night, and I really debated on it, and then kind of spaced because I continued working. I slept, and then now I'm talking about it and going through that. I'm like, while Justin's talking, I'm going to multitask. I'm going to listen and track this down and buy it. And I did. So it, it will be here by the time this episode releases. So I'm very excited for that. Oh, very uh, cool. Yeah. But I echo all your sentiments. Uh, this is a great Elseworld story. One of their best ones. It was toward the beginning. Uh, if you haven't read this, it's, I mean, it doesn't get any easier than DC Universe. Click, read, boom. Yeah. There you go. Uh, hopefully they add the other the other ones or maybe i just didn't i typed them in and nothing came up so <laughs> you're like uh... i don't think it's there unless i overlooked it but anyways that is batman red rain justin kowalski thanks for coming on again and yeah. celebrating the halloween season with a a fantastic horror batman story i was so happy to be here i will come <laughs> to your anytime you shine the bat signal i will come you will come in all of your punk black dress up gear and everything that we can't see, but still not see. I was uh, going to say there, there is a red rain Funko pop. You all should get. Yes, I know. I, I need to track it down and get that one, especially now in reading this of like, Oh, this story is so good. I need that Funko. Cause I get Batman. Yeah, I Funko. think they need I action figures too, but I don't, I don't know. Uh, maybe Todd McFarlane will make one now. That's a Todd come McFarlane. On, Todd. He's making Dude, every no. other Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I don't know how like how much you're paying attention to his new line of, of, of figures, but like he's doing like every death metal version of death Batman. metal. Yeah, I know. I'm kind of like, eh, get long Halloween in there, but whatever. Yeah, uh, maybe. That's okay. maybe one of these days. Uh, if people would like to follow you, where can they do that? Oh, yes. You can follow me at J underscore Raka on Twitter. That would be great. Uh, but I'd love for you to follow the show. If you can uh, just follow at um, Let's Go Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, uh, go to the website, www.letsgopodcast.com. You can listen to Let's Go Comic Show podcast. There's articles. We have reviews and a whole bunch of stuff going on. So, um, yeah, I would love for um, some to meet some new friends. So talking about Absolutely. comics. Let's yeah. go. It's a gotta go. Justin Kowalski is a gotta go. As I said at the top of the show, the Batman Book Club's on Twitter at TheBatmanBC. And I will post something about the next episode, which is one of our Midwestern friends, Garrett Greb. And we're talking a little a Lil Gotham with oh. Lil Gotham. Oh, nice. That's how we'll continue the Halloween season. So, uh, outside of that, and until next time, keep reading more Batman comics. Mm-hmm.